Welcome to the Center for International and Regional Studies at Georgetown University in Qatar. These podcasts are part of a research initiative titled Building a Legacy, Qatar FIFA World Cup 2022. Hello, my name is Professor Daniel Reiche, and today we are talking with Walter Disciple about the development of football talents in Qatar. Walter is the Director of Football Performance and Science at Aspire Academy. Walter, Welcome and thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, Daniel. It is a great pleasure for me to be here with you. Thank you. My first question, Walter, is you worked before with major European football clubs such as Lazio in Italy, Manchester United in England and Real Madrid in Spain. What motivated you in 2010 to accept an offer from Aspire Academy and to come to Qatar? Yeah, because the, the importance of the project, to be honest. Uh, in the past, I was working, as you said, with elite clubs, but uh, always it was uh, just a club. Uh, the project in Qatar means uh, leading the football performance for the entire country. So it was uh, a so visionary project that with the aim to go, you know, also beyond the, the institutions. You know, in Qatar, there are um, some institutions that Qatar Football Association, the Qatar Star League and Aspire Academy. But the project was to align the football performance strategy um, to find um, uh, a, a strategy along these three institutions with the final objective that is enhance the, the Qatari national team performance. So, uh, as I said, it's something really was something really huge. I'm uh, really proud that they, they, they chose me to, to lead a uh, so important project for, for the entire country. I can imagine. You already mentioned the national uh, football team. So uh, this is one of the responsibilities of Aspire to support the national men's football team. A majority of the players are Aspire graduates. Could you share with us some insights when the players joined Aspire? I think most of you, uh, you know very well and how you supported them to become national players. Yes, Aspire Academy, for, for the people that don't know really well, is uh, an organization, let's say, designed around an unbelievable vision and project now because uh, uh, Aspire represents the house where we develop the young talent, not only in football, but also in other sports, but then we add them to grow. But it's not only as um, sport performance uh, to, to be a high elite athletes, but we help them to become men. So uh, they enter in Aspire, um, this project uh, when they are six years old, more or less, and uh, at at the age of 12 years old, we select the best of them and, and they enter in the, the full-time project. And this full-time project, it means uh, education. Uh, consider that uh, our school is uh, have an international accreditation. So during the day, they, they study here in Aspire and uh, three times uh, per week in the morning, they have a training session. And then all the afternoon, they, keep going training. Then because Aspire Academy is not a club, the guys, the, the players back 
at the end, during the weekend, back to the club, to their club. You know, here Qatar, there are uh, the clubs that, uh, from the Qatar Star League, so they're back with their club. And then uh, the, the beginning of the, the new week, back again uh, in Aspire to follow their development. But the reality, the reality is that we training them to represent Qatar youth national teams. And, and then they change the share to represent uh, their country. And, uh, and that's it, this is, this is the, the, the project. So it's quite unique uh, project around the world. A few years ago, France uh, did something similar, but then they stopped the project. So I think that this is quite unique project in the world. Yeah, you mentioned that athletes from a variety of sports are going to aspire, but we are focusing today on, on football since the project is on the, on the FIFA World Cup. So talking about football in 2014, uh, Qatar's under 19 national team won the Asian Football Confederation Championship. Will we also see some of those players at the 2022 World Cup? Yeah, you're right. In 2014, it was uh, really an important year because uh, the Qatar uh, under-19 national team won this prestigious uh, ASEAN Cup and uh, considered that the entire uh, squad and staff coming from, from Aspire Academy, you know. So, and uh, now, let's say almost 75% uh, of that player are uh, the player that are in the squad of the first national team, Qatar first national team, that in 2019 uh, achieved another unbelievable success uh, winning uh, uh, the, the, the Asian Cup. So just to, to give the, how much, how, how big was that achievement, consider that uh, Qatar won all the games during uh, that competition and uh, beating uh, clubs, important clubs, uh, Japan, Emirates, consider that there are countries in Asia that are so big in terms of number of population. Uh, so it was a, a, a really important achievement and Qatar suffered only one goal. No? So uh, to give a, an entity, imagine that now in this summer in Europe, uh, they will play the European Cup, imagine that if San Marino will win the European Cup. So just to give the dimension. And, uh, and definitely uh, we will see these players uh, represent Qatar during the next World Cup 2022, sure. You mentioned already the topic population size. So Qatar, as we know, has a very small population size. So there are around 3 million people in the country, but just 10% uh, of them are Qatari citizens. So there's a small population size and a low number of football players, different to major football countries such as Brazil and Germany, or when we look in, within Asia, uh, Japan, for example. Could you share with us your view on the topic, does population size matter for football success? Yeah, yeah, you're right. If you consider that uh, Qatar Football Association, have, let's say more or less 6,000 registered football players, no? If you compare with, uh, you mentioned Germany, and Germany there are 6 million, 600. So, so you can understand really the, how different is this proportion. 
And of course, it's clear that this is a big disadvantage to have a limited number of players. But you know, Daniel, instead to, to focus uh, in uh, this weakness, <laughs> we decide to emphasize uh, the advantages that, to be honest, we have uh, here in Qatar, because if you consider that almost all football players based in, in Doha, and then uh, and they can join the morning uh, the facilities of, of a Spar Academy, that at the end is that quarter for the QFA. Uh, and so join these exclusive facilities, uh, this is an unbelievable advantage. And then the, at the top of everything, there is also this uh, shining uh, vision to be honest, of the Qatar senior management, because uh, the decide, as I said at the beginning, to centralize the performance enhancement. Also, and therefore, Naspar Academy is a little bit the, the hub for uh, technology, for uh, knowledge. Uh, we we support uh, with the QSL uh, together with the QSL. We support the development of the entire football. We provide technology to the clubs, uh, we provide uh, um, database uh, uh, expertise uh, in the way that, uh, in this way, uh, we, Qatar uh, enhanced the performance of the player during, uh, even during the period when they are with the club, because otherwise you don't have time to training uh, the national team player just for, uh, during the FIFA windows, you have to support the entire, the entire football project. And so we use these um, advantages, advantages, sorry, uh, and we focus on that one. It's very interesting for me, Walter, because I wrote in 2016 a book on the Olympics entitled Success and Failure of Countries at the Olympic Games. And I made a similar argument. I said that population size and geography are not main factors. What is more important are proper policies and specialization on specific sports and focus. And I mean, there are a number of examples uh, around the world for small countries with big sporting successes. And when it comes to football, uh, when we just look at Uruguay, for example, so maybe yeah. Qatar is becoming something like the Uruguay of, of Asia. What do you think about that? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Qatar is a clear example. Now, all the people, uh, lots of um, top experts from other countries, from other national teams are coming here and in the past months uh, to, to see all, not only the, the facilities and to see, to prepare the World Cup, but to see how, uh, let's say, Qatar model, what's, what's the secret around uh, this uh, performance on the pitch of uh, uh, so small country in terms of number of players. So I'm agreed with, with you that uh, with just with an unbelievable project, just with uh, something that put together the energy, the efforts, uh, is possible. It's possible to reach uh, success. There are also some other countries that are doing well, even uh, with uh, this kind of limitation. So <clears throat> let's talk a bit more about what you just called the Qatar model. When, uh, I mean, uh, globally, uh, when the Middle East is discussed, there are often Orientalist stereotypes that, uh, you know, the Middle East is behind and, and backwards. So do you think uh, here we can change the entire narrative about the Middle East? Because 
it seems to me that Aspire is becoming a reference point for football academies worldwide. So how do you see the global impact of the academy? Yeah, nowadays uh, Aspire Academy is, uh, is well known worldwide, of course, uh, in talking to, in uh, sports industry. Uh, I'm agree with you, it's, it's a reference, but due to few aspects. For me, there are some key aspects, uh, for example, this the model, no? this model to put together uh, top athletes, uh, follow up their support and supporting them for uh, their professional development, but for educational, for nutrition, for quality of sleeping. So take care about the, the men. So this model is one of the, the first aspects that uh, is really interesting. Another one is uh, really the state of our facilities. Uh, consider that uh, 2018 uh, we opened uh, the new uh, Aspire Football Performance Center that is considered a reference uh, for concept, for functionality. So we studied uh, um, uh, the house of our athletes, but we design around them. So the project is player-centered and uh, we design everything according to the flow, their flow during the, the moments, the functionality, the needs. So we didn't a building, then we put it inside athletes, the football player in this case. We design around them. Then another key aspect is, um, is the really are the, the staff, the high number of expert, expertise that we have here in Aspire Academy, and they come from professional clubs from different countries. And you know, there is uh, this environment, this uh, atmosphere, the, the people exchange knowledge. You learn from uh, one guy from Germany, another from England, and they put together their experience and their past experience, and we grow together. All the stuff uh, enter in Aspire in one way, with one uh, knowledge. Then when we leave Aspire, we are much, much better professional. Another point, I think that um, is because uh, Spire keep going, thinking and uh, invest on technology and research. No? Because uh, to be forefront on sport performance sentiment, you have to follow the new tendency, the new study, the new approach. Uh, for example, now Spire open uh, also an area for a, uh, for a startup. Uh, um, an accelerator, so in which we give space to new studies, new uh, application, and so and so. But then at the end, uh, at the end, uh, there is another thing that uh, help uh, to make Aspire Academy well known in the world. That at the end, uh, uh, the aforementioned results. <laughs> that uh, certified these this deficiencies of this project. No, because at the end you can do whatever you want, but the pitch results uh, give certified or not uh, your program. Mm -hmm. You launched a program entitled Aspire in the World Fellows. Could you share with us some insights about the scope of the program? Yes, I mentioned before the importance of, uh, of knowledge and experiences change you now that we used to do with um, daily with our staff. 
So, because for us, uh, this is a pillar to keep going, um, growing and learning. No? Uh, and in 2014, uh, we launched the, this innovative program that is called Aspire the World Fellows. Uh, it's a program that involved, we put it together uh, 15 between the best clubs and federation in the world from five continents, considered, for example, from Spain, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico, from Italy, Juventus, it's Milan, uh, from England, uh, Man United, Liverpool, the best and the best. Uh, um, and the best um, federation. And uh, then uh, we organize a yearly event that is called Aspire Global Summit. But beside the events that of course is the moments where we share, where we have also a connection with the people, uh, uh, the network, we improve our network. Beside this uh, main event, all these 50 members are committed to share the knowledge along the year. And I think that this is the key. So it's not just three days of event, but they work together and they share their knowledge with presentation um, through the Aspiring the World Fellows web platform. So we built a web platform and currently with more than 300 presentations from these uh, teams that I mentioned, it represents uh, the legacy of this project. Mm -hmm. Finally, uh, what do you wish for the future for Qatari football? Maybe you can include in your remarks also um, an elaboration on the potential to develop women's football in the country. Yes, so uh, of course, the, the, my first wish for Qatar is that they, they can organize uh, a fantastic World Cup, you know, also because uh, it represents, uh, it's for the first time uh, that, that this the most important event becoming the region. Uh, so this is the, my first wish, and I'm quite sure that Qatar is, uh, as you know, is organizing uh, and building the city, preparing for all the people as well, not only the facilities for this uh, incredible event. Uh, for the future, for the future, uh, I think that, and I believe more than I think, I believe that that Qatar uh, will keep uh, with the same ambition, with the same vision and passion. No? Because at the end, this is the key factor to keep going, uh, leading. If you want to lead um, in one area, and uh, keep going, preparing the new generation of football player uh, for. For all the events that it comes, because uh, um, as you know, Qatar also following uh, uh, the, the, the Qatar National Strategy 2030, uh, consider sports as uh, part of one of the, the, the main pillar for the, the division of Qatar. And in fact, Qatar will even uh, in the next years beyond 2022 will also also the Asian game 2030 is in the bidding uh, of the Asian Cup football Asian Cup in 2027 so Qatar is keep going uh, uh, investing in sports because consider sports are really a vehicle of also for the lifestyle I think that also in the future Qatar will move also in this direction to help the 
people to have a better lifestyle. And of course, uh, sports is, is an unbelievable vehicle to do this well. So in the future, we will see a lot of sports coming in Qatar. And uh, also following what you said, I think that in the last years, worldwide, the uh, women football uh, grow in an unbelievable way. Uh, not only in USA, that one uh, now is uh, one of the most important uh, and popular sports for ladies, but also in Europe, and I'm sure that also in this country, this is pushing from all the country, um, will help also uh, Qatar to, to be more concentrated as well uh, to the development of, of football uh, uh, from, for ladies. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Walter. This was really fantastic. I really enjoyed our conversation. I wish you personally and for your work all the best for the future. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs>